Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, how about we have us a helping a tech gumbo today? Sounds like a great day for tech gumbo. Starting off with the news and updates. I hope everybody's ready because Google is coming out with better search results. Yeah, this will be interesting. They are saying that they're going to reprioritize content to show more helpful stuff made by people and made for people. So in the past, they've they've done things like using artificial intelligence to help make the results better. But now they're going to take the next step beyond just improving artificial intelligence. They're going to really look at you because they have so much data on you now they know what you want more than you know what you want and they're going to be able to tailor those results more specifically for you because it's what you want yeah i think you can definitely see a world where whenever they were prioritizing search results it was based upon a generic algorithm and so the things that might have appealed to the algorithm we would be different than the things that would appeal to a general human and especially appeal to you. I'm curious to see, is it noticeable? And one day I'm like, oh, wow, this is a much better search result. Thank you, Google. Or is it just like, oh, had they not said anything, I never would have noticed. So the biggest impact is supposed to be into the online education, arts, entertainment, shopping, and tech-related content. So if you're not into one of those things, eh, you may not see anything, you may not notice anything. But they promised that over the month of August, they would be rolling these these new searches out and things are going to get better for you. Next thing we want to talk about is Apple and the iPhones. They have released a security patch because they've said they've got a real bad vulnerability out there on the iPhones. There was a vulnerability that was found that could potentially allow attackers to take complete control of any iDevice, iPhone, iPad, or Mac. So that's a big deal. So if you don't have 15.6.1, 
you need to go get it. Go run the updates. It's a quick download, maybe 10 minutes or so, and patch your phone. This is not one of those, oh, they're just putting more crap in my phone. This is a true security patch. Very, very much worth it. Do this as soon as you reasonably can. Another story that really rocked me back a little bit was that in the month of July, for the first time ever, more people were streaming than watching cable TV. There were more hours watched of streamed content than hours watched of cable content, according to Nielsen. And they would be the people to know. And this is the first time this has ever happened. And you really have to think that it's never going back. Why would it? I'm old enough to re- remembering the aerial antennas before cable. And then when cable came around, how it just changed the world and everything. And and after I read this article, started looking back just over the past couple of months of how little cable TV I actually watch compared to how much I watch in streaming. I have not had a cable television in my house since I went to college a decade ago. And so everything that I've watched has been streaming. And so whenever it makes sense for no one my age has the cable, I don't even know who provides cable in my area. Is it the same as my internet service provider? I I don't know. And so at some point in time, that's going to ripple all the way through because ESPN and sports, I would watch live, but anything else, you know, if I watch it a, a day later, a week later, a year later, doesn't really matter. When we were talking, getting ready for the show, trying to remember the last network TV show that I've watched as a series. And my wife and I, we, we like to watch Survivor, but we don't watch it live. We set the DVR and we, because whatever night it comes on, we probably watch it two, three days later. So we can fast forward through the commercials, which if I really wanted to, I'm sure I could just have a streaming service and do it that way. And it's still just having that that DVR. I know we haven't cut the cord yet, but there's really not much reason to continue to have the cable because I I spend more time between Hulu and Amazon and Netflix and Disney Plus and and YouTube to think how little I watch on cable TV anymore. Yeah, especially when you think about how much is just trash. The I'm sure CBS has some new comedy that's generic and they cut to a laugh track and it's ha 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 and it's absolute filler because they need to put something on the airwaves because they need to sell ads. And it's, well, am I going to put on, you know, something that is completely forgettable or am I going to watch something that I actually want to watch? Not I'm in control of what I can view at any point in time. Why would I go back? To watch something like Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. Yeah, it's a 30 minute show and that's fun. Actually, we were kind of late to the show, so we we were able to binge the first season and a half and now yeah okay the shows we're caught up so it's only but even shows like yellowstone that's on paramount that's not on abc cbs you know i don't really know who still watches anything on cable tv i think another thing that the streaming allows is that 
whenever you're on broadcast television or cable television, there are a lot of pretty tight parameters you have to fit around. Your show has to be cut to either the 22 or the 44 minute timing segment. There's a lot of content that you can't can or can't do. And so if you want to have an episode that goes 31 minutes instead of 24 minutes and you want to have an F-bomb in it, well, you can't do that on cable. And so you have all these different just freedoms that putting it on your streaming platform allows. Plus, you can just put all the broadcast shows on streaming. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. The only thing, only actual live TV that I watch anymore are sporting events. And football season's about to start, and I'm real excited about football and everything. Okay, that's Saturdays and Sundays. I can't believe that it took this long, I guess, is where I am. I'm, I'm, I, it, it caught me off guard. It, it surprised me to see the story, but I'm really not surprised. I think that's the best way to put it, is that whenever I first saw it, I was like, wow. But yeah, as, as we dig into it, it's completely, this is exactly what I've expected. Now, the next story. This one is going to be fun to watch. If you've not heard the Twitter whistleblower, his name is Peter Mudge Zatko. He is a well-known, highly regarded hacker who was hired by Twitter to come in and, and help with their security issues back in 2020. But because he ran into some issues and headbuttings, they fired him in January of this year. He is saying that Twitter's security had a lot of holes in it. He recommended changes. He wanted some things done better, done differently. And he's claiming now that the new CEO, CEO Agarwal, directed him to lie to the board and lie to the different federal agencies, the FTC, the SEC, about what the actual security situation was like for Twitter. And if that's true, if this whistleblower can prove his claims, oh man, does things get very sticky for Twitter. You talk about get your popcorn out and watch this show. The fireworks are going to be fun. He's, he gave specifics in the year 2020 alone, Twitter had more than 40 security breaches and 70% of these breaches were access control related. And there were another 20 incidents where the breaches were, were all access control related because over 5,000 people who work for Twitter have, have access to sensitive information and access control. Yeah, the, there's also multiple episodes suggesting that Twitter had been penetrated by foreign intelligence agencies and whenever Twitter is aware that there are multiple foreign governments who are trying to make their way in and they're not doing anything about it, they're not disclosing this, they're not talking about this, they're not fixing the holes behind this. Oh, man, that's rough. And the, oh, by the way, Mr. Elon Musk is sitting out there going, oh, really? You know, I was going to buy this whole Twitter thing and then it started looking bad and now I've changed my mind. And hey, hey, Mudge, let's chat a little bit. 
Oh, yeah. You have to think that Musk is going to bring this guy in because it's one thing if there was disagreements between Twitter and Musk over what the actual internal state of the company was. Musk loses that in court. But if Twitter was lying and they knew they were lying, oh, all of a sudden Musk's claim gets a whole lot better. And that's when the the renegotiations happen. That's when the okay, if you if you really want me to buy this, maybe I'll instead of 43 billion or 42 billion whatever it was that he offered, how about 30 billion? How about 25 billion? Just to to make take this off your hands so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Or does he just hey, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to walk away now. I've got proof. I don't need you anymore. That's a, a fascinating question is what does Musk do? It's also fascinating to ask, when did he know? Did he get lucky of this guy's existence? Because if this guy doesn't exist, he probably goes down in flames in court. So does does he have this guy in his back pocket the whole time? How much when did he know? Is this just, you know, something that jumps up and he's like, I'm going to seize this and run with it? There's a, a lot more to this story that is we don't know yet. And it's only going to get more interesting. And I am very glad I'm a spectator and not a participant. I mean, could you imagine? So speculation here. Let's say Mr. Musk signs the dotted line in April and then Mudge here shows up in early May and says, hey, Elon, you should have asked about this before you signed that. That's when Elon Musk starts crawfishing and wants out of the deal because now he's got somebody whispering in his ear. Is that what's going on? That that Peter Zatko is whispering in his ear, hey, you're getting screwed here. You're getting taken to the cleaners. If that's what's going on, well, now is, is Zatko interfering with the deal? Can he yeah. is he going to get in any kind of trouble if that happened? And, and this is pure speculation. We don't know anything if it's not in the Wall Street Journal or we're not going to know what's going on. So we don't do a whole lot of original reporting here at Tech Combo. It's, it's but we're digesters. We're we're just we're we're speculators here. And this is this is going to be fun to watch. Speaking of fun to watch, SpaceX launched their third Starlink mission in less than two weeks. That's amazing. They put up three rockets in two weeks. All of them came back down, landed where they were supposed to. They just, it's kind of routine now. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, great. They launched a couple more rockets. The the excitement, the thrill, the Oh man, I'm gonna watch countdown and, and count down the 10, 9, 8. Eh. Yeah. The what used to be a huge event, you know, you plan your day around, you put you plan around a long in advance to watch the live stream of it. Now it's okay, you know, it's another successful one. The first time you did it, that was amazing. And now we're talking about it because it's three in two weeks, which is a really fast turnaround. But, you know, the next time they do three in two weeks, it'll be okay. You know, you've, you've done this. How fast have we gone from, you know, incredible innovation to routine? It's almost gotten to the point of, yeah, you're standing outside of the airport. 
yeah, you're going to watch that big old jet rumble down the runway and take off. But, it, you know, it's going to take off. It's and it's going to go and you're going to it's just another. OK, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the thrill and the excitement of is it going to blow up when is it is it going to land? Oh, yeah, this is the 45th one that they've landed back perfectly. Oh, OK, that's kind of routine now. Yeah. The the other part of this, though, is looking at what do they have in space so far? So they have up to 3,108 satellites have been launched, but not all of them are, are operational. Only about 2,300, so a little bit more than two-thirds are actually working. 264 have actually already deorbited, coming back in, disintegrated, and there's 44 of them that are still out there in orbit unresponsive and they they can't do anything with them yeah that's so you then look at okay what is your rate do you expect to keep this you know two-thirds rate of everything working and if your goal is ten thousand and you actually have to put up 15 and you expect you know five thousand of them are, are are dead or just kind of floating what what is your rate going to be? Do you expect to get better over time? Are you going to keep this number? How many are you going to have to launch? How often are you going to have to replace them? They have projections, but how accurate are their projections? One out of three of these satellites is not going to work. So you've got to put that many up. Yeah, two are going to work fine. One's coming back down. That's not good numbers. And again, you know, maybe this num that ratio improves over time because this is that 3000 number is since day one. And so, you know, maybe your first thousand, your success rate was a lot lower. Your second thousand, you were in the middle, but your third thousand, now you're sitting at 80 percent or 90 percent. They are going They're They're starting to release the second generation satellites and then eventually they'll get to the third generation. And so, yes, those numbers will get much, much better over time. But it is interesting to think about what is your failure rate? Because it's it's not zero. You are having some of them drop out, some of them be non-functioning. How many does it take? That's a great question. Another great question is about Meta's new artificial intelligent chatbot, BlenderBot 3. The question is, why do they keep becoming racist? Why is it that all these chatbots, whenever they go roaming around the internet, come back just toxic, sexist, racist, terrible? What What is it about it that is making these bots that way? Because if you go back to Lambda, which was Google's first attempt back in 2016, then you had Microsoft's Tay, which only lasted 48 hours before they pulled it down because it started praising Adolf Hitler. and you know, and so now you got this thing. It launched in early August, and, and within two weeks of being active, it started just all kind of fake news and falsehoods and anti-Semitic theories, and it was just really becoming despicable. Yeah, that's that's not great that all these things are very quickly tapping into these terrible veins that you know i'm not experiencing them personally but they must exist 
you know, in order for these chatbots to find them, they're not making it up. And so, boy, that's not great that all of this exists under the surface that we just don't see on our daily basis. And that's just how much of a cesspool the Internet really is. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.